Hey everybody, so I was going to do this next episode um, on where mental health practitioners can go to get help, and I was going to have somebody on here to actually kind of tell uh, kind of the attitude within the field to see if it's a negative one or positive one when people within the field want to also receive mental health uh, help. Um, is it a place where there's some sort of stigma still? Um, for people within the field, and does that kind of discredit someone in their line of work, right, to where maybe they're not seen as um, up to par to take care of patients, okay, where it could really destroy their career. So, but right now, I am headed to the gym, and it may probably sound like I'm in the car. I am. Um, I'm not holding my phone. That's dangerous. Do not text and drive. Do not um, pass go and collect $200, um, but seriously, guys, um I wanted to ask some questions tonight that I have, I've asked myself for years, but, but, um, you know, as I've gone through my own mental health, um, crises in life and, and it seems like it's been a series of crises instead of just one crisis, um, which could have been well avoided, but we'll get into that on another episode. I kind of just want to ask you and be so honest with yourself that it's uncomfortable because we cannot grow if we don't um, get to some sort of discomfort in our lives, right? The things that grow us the most are the most uncomfortable. And um, God does not always, he hasn't called us to be comfortable. Um, He didn't promise life was going to be easy. Um, And so I want you to, Christian or non-Christian right now, yes, this is a a Christian podcast as, you know, we're going to get more into scripture later on our, other episodes, but I just want to ask you, whether you know the Lord or not, ask yourself this one question. Hey, are you going through something so difficult and have you shared it with somebody? Or are you holding it inside, not willing to tell anyone for fear of what they'll think of you? For fear of condemnation or judgment or, you know, loss of standing within society? Are you worried about what people will think so much that you're willing to lose your own life? And maybe you're answering that and you're saying, yes, I'm willing to lose my own life because it's so horrendous. You have no idea. And if you're there, I want to say, hold on with me because life can be a bumpy ride and I've been there and I understand. And I'm going to post another episode um, that really has a lot to do with what I mean in full context of the statement I just made. So ask yourself that. Am I reaching out to anybody? Now, this does not mean you have to run to a doctor and get on medication. This does not mean you have to, you know, read all the self-help books you can. Because honestly, you can read those and they're not really going to take away anything in your life. Um, I'm just being honest and coming to you from a a standpoint of, like I said, just 100% honesty and authenticity is you can read the self-help books all you want. I have a ton of them, and I'm still not healed. <laughs> so, and people can say, well, it's your attitude. You're not going about it the right way. Well, there are things larger at play in life, um, and I believe largely in part spiritual as well, um, that can make our mental health worse, right? So not all mental health issues are going to be um, spiritual in nature, but they definitely don't come from God, right? So... What are you doing about what you're going through? Are you hurting tonight? 
Are you hurting so desperately and longing for a place where someone will love you and you've run to all the wrong places and people for love only to be rejected or feel the sense of rejection rather, but also to be hurt and abused and manipulated? How has that gone? How has that gone and what are you doing to seek help and take those necessary steps to get back maybe to the old you or to a self that you've never known before? And it's true, like as adults, we do have very complex emotions. I've been working with two-year-olds lately and I've been watching how it's so hard for them to regulate their emotions because they're in this process where so many neural pathways are creating and, and you know, the the base of the brain and the midbrain and all this kind of stuff like it's developed and developing and the frontal part of the brain is still, you know, developing and, and won't develop till what? I, I want to say off the top of my head, maybe for a female, about 24, 25-ish years old. I have to look into data again, but, um, and for the male a couple, couple years later, but I've been watching and so many times, you know, it's like they don't know what to do with their hands and they'll just hit people when they're angry. And it could be you look at them the wrong way and they'll punch you or, you know, it doesn't have to be anything that's major, but to them, it sets them off, right? It overstimulates them and they don't know what to do with it. And for so many of us adults, we don't know what to do with our complex emotions. We don't know what to do with the wide uh, array rather of and wide variety of, of complex emotions. And so maybe you resort to cutting yourself, maybe to feel just a little bit of control because you are so in pain and you feel no one loves you and no one cares. Or maybe you've used other forms of self-harm or maybe you've planned your own suicide today. But I have to let you know there is hope and you're going to get better. Avery, how does that help me tonight? It probably won't, but I want to plant a little seed of hope in letting you know that if I'm okay and that if I'm getting better, you will get better because I was what looked to be a hopeless case, a hopeless and lost scenario that a lot of people did not want to touch my case, (laughs) to be quite frank with you. A lot of people did not want to get involved in my life to help me because they They were scared of the possibility of it getting worse and never getting better. And I want to tell you, God loves you and he's placed certain people in your life at certain points in your life where they're going to speak life into you. And so even if you've had those people who have spoken death into you and who have spoken just terrible, wicked things over your life, I come here to let you know in the name of Jesus that you are loved and you are chosen and because of Jesus you are made worthy and whole and clean and I understand what it's like to have no sense of control and to feel all loss of control and for some people it's different they may not cut they may overeat to try to um, especially in trauma through trauma um, to you know to kind of ground themselves and so maybe they overeat it can really go all different ways but I want to get back to just you and me what is the most painful place and I know this is going to be hard but go with me now to the most painful 
place in your life. There may be many, but, but just go to the one that stands out the most significantly. And I want you to close your eyes and just think about that for a minute. We're not going to stay there long, but I want you to notice the, the areas of tension in your body. And I want you to notice the emotions that you're feeling that may be so hard to control that you really don't know what to do. For me, I'm thinking right now, even as I'm driving and I can feel my chest tighten, I can feel my head tighten. Sometimes I feel a vice grip around my head when I think about the trauma I've endured. At times I feel like I cannot breathe, like gravity is just holding me down and like I have chains holding me down to the earth. At force of gravity and like, like nothing is ever going to get better, but I want to let you know it does. I asked somebody I, I very much respect the other day if they truly think that life gets better. And this could be, you know, from a point of view of a Christian or a non-Christian, does life get better? Because even as a follower of Christ, there are going to be times in your life where you feel, and we can't rely on feelings, guys, but you feel like life is not going to get better. But God placed this woman in my life to tell me that life does, in fact, get better. And how does she know from experience? She didn't have to share with me that experience for me to trust and believe her. And so God put her in my life as one of many people he's put in my life, but one that stands out above really the majority of people in my life outside of my own family and, and my boyfriend, but really as a person who I, like I said, highly respect, who told me, yes, life does get better. And maybe you need to hear that tonight. So she planted that seed in my heart and in my soul and mind. That life does get better. It wasn't that I was asking this to receive an answer that I would love to hear that life gets better. I wanted the sincere truth. Does life and your experience from what you've seen, um, you know, in your maturity, have you seen life get better in, in general overall? I, I knew she wouldn't lie to me. And so this is not to say we can put our hope in people, but this is to say that God speaks through people. God speaks to us through people when we need comfort, when we need times of closure, when we need times where we're under a, a tremendous weight of guilt and shame and stress and self-doubt and self-hatred and doubt and, you know, does anybody love me and we have to have an outside perspective come into play because when we're in the middle of things, I know this from years of suffering, is when we're in the midst of something, we're not always a great indicator of what's actually happening. Now, that doesn't, that's not to minimize what you're going through or what I'm going through. That's to say that I cannot see the whole picture like someone on the outside can see. I've helped women through um, domestic violence and abuse and and in the midst, they do not see, and they're so fearful, they do not see, and there's almost this, this sense of learned helplessness, they do not see that they're ever going to be okay or that they're, they're going to get better, that they're going to find a place of safety because this person has manipulated them so much so to where they think that they cannot exist aside from them or apart from them, and they think that they are going to 
definitely and surely die and be a victim of this, this person who's abused them. They do not believe, often victims of abuse, do not believe that there's any hope away from the perpetrator. But I'm here to let you know, as a person who was on the outside and helping someone inside of that situation, when we stand in that gap and bridge that gap with people as God has allowed us to, that I can tell you full well that, yes, there are avenues of help for life to be better. And that person and her kids are okay now. Now, when we look back, we kind of laugh and go, wasn't that crazy? Because there were times even I was like, is this going to stop? Even though I was saying it was going to. It wasn't that I was lying. I had never seen anything so bad before. And at being, I guess I was 27, 25, maybe when this started, 26. I had never had enough life experience to say, well, I've seen this get better. But who did I rely on in that moment? God and my parents. Why? Because God knows everything. He never sleeps when you're in pain. He never sleeps. He's constantly working things for your good, even though it doesn't look like it or feel like it. And then I relied on my parents and their wisdom because they've lived longer than me. My dad is, he turned 60 this year. My mom's 58. And um, they waited a little bit late in life to have me. But here I am and uh I'm glad to be here, and I always promise, this is kind of a side note, just for some humor, I always promised I would never have kids at 29 or later, and I would have kids at a young, you know, like early 20s, I wouldn't be like my parents, and here we go, still not married and don't have kids, so my kids, I'm actually going to start having kids at a later age, so I feel like that's very comedic, and God has a sense of humor, but, um, but needless to say that when you're in the midst of suffering, you cannot see a clear picture and an indicator that things will get better. I asked this person who I greatly admire, does this make sense? I asked at the very end, but I have not seen clear indicative reasoning. Like I have not seen actual proof that I'm going to be okay because this, this, and this have happened and this, this, and this, and one chaos after the next and, and this terrible time after this terrible time. Does it make sense that I would not believe when people tell me it's going to get better? She said, yes, it does. It makes sense. So it may not seem logical to the outside viewer or the outside listener, your fear, but it's a legitimate fear. And this legitimized fear, we have to be so careful not to minimize it for people, but this legitimized fear often shapes what you believe and how you respond to those beliefs, right? So I believe that I'm never going to come off this medication and I'm never going to be myself again and I'm never going to feel better. Guess what? Those, those neural pathways in my brain have been shaped for so many years, not just through um, medication screwing my head up, but then, then words of people, words of a nurse one time that I'll never forget. And I said, I just want to be me again. And she said, you're never going to be the same. And, and she didn't mean it in a positive way of like, hey, you're never going to be the same, but you're going to be better. No, she never said that. She said, you'll never be the same. And it's in times like these, like as a psych major, that I'm like, I really want to invite all of these people who told me all these cruel things to myself as a young 22-year-old 
who at 22 you're so confused anyway on who who you are and where you're going in life and you're trying to plan things and something hits you and blindsides you and 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 you don't know what you're going to do and and it would be scary even at 40 but say 20 something you're not even well established yet in your career or you you don't have a home yet of your own or you know family and 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 you're hearing you're never going to be the same we ought to just open you up a bed at the state hospital. I mean, these were things that were said to me that created neural pathways in the brain that were negative that I clung on to in the depths of my despondency and despair because everything looked so dark and grim. And then to have people in the field tell me these things, they were, one, inappropriate. They were, two, uncalled for. Three, they were cruel. Four, I'd, I'd even claim to say they, they were wicked comments. Five, they were just things you should never say to somebody hurting. And so I want to let you know, if you are hurting tonight, there is help. Reach out to a counselor. Reach out to someone. And I'm not just saying a friend. That's fine. Be careful who you air your stuff out to, guys. As women, I know, um, I'm, I'm going to speak to women for a minute. We don't know how to establish healthy boundaries. And I wouldn't say that's all of us. I would say it's a large majority of us because we desire so desperately, desire so desperately, whether you've been raised in a great home or a really terrible home without love, where you desire so desperately to be seen and heard and accepted that you will just tell people your life and wonder why they hurt the hell out of you. And I can say this because I've been there. I grew up in a loving home, very loving and we're not perfect. There are things that I wish my parents would have done different and things they've done right and things they've done wrong and things I've done right and wrong. But at the end of the day, I go, you know, how how does somebody who's not grown up in a, in a good home really, if, if I grew up in a good home and I still found that need to feel accepted and, and to feel um To feel seen and heard. How does somebody who's never felt true love know how to do that when all you've ever known is unhealthy love? It's not real love to begin with. So maybe you're at that place in your life and you're just looking for this attention and affection in all the wrong places, whether it's friendships or relationships as far as romantic ones or you know, maybe they're strictly platonic, but you're going through life and looking for a place. This is how people get stuck in cults, too, by the way, <laughs> is we, we look for a place of belonging, right? And I, it's a, that's a nervous laughter, not a laughter that anybody's stuck in a cult. But, I mean, I've, we've seen it even around here in Wells, Texas, right? Church of Wells. Nothing to do with, with the Word of God. It's totally against the Word of God. They tell everybody and their mother they're going to hell, and then... These people who are looking for love in all the wrong places end up going there and then, so I've heard, end up being drugged and kept there as prisoners, which is what a cult does, right? And so think about this, though. Where are you going for all of your needs? We all need somebody to listen to us. We all need somebody to be a true friend to us. I try to be a true friend to people, and I have been. 
and I've gotten burned. And maybe you've done the same thing because you don't ever want anybody to feel the lack of compassion or empathy or friendship that you've never felt. You know, you, you, you want them to experience things greater than what you felt. And you're just looking for that person who can kind of meet you where you are and be on the same page as you. Now, maybe the timing's never lined up or maybe they've just continually hurt you. And I just have to say, as women, we often tell people too many things, too many things up front, and we don't give things time. That's what my boyfriend says to me a lot. is like, Amber, why do you share so much so quick? As guys, we don't do that. <laughs> now, there are, um, you know, there are some guys that do. Um, but, hold on. But, and, and I'm not saying that some guys aren't um, insecure still, regardless of that or whatever. People are all insecure at, at different levels. But as women, we often share way too much with the wrong people. And then we feel stupid. We feel very stupid. I speak from personal experience. So find somebody you can really trust. Give it time. But really, for now, I want you to know that God loves you. Know that I see you even though I haven't seen you in front of me. That I can see you. Um, and that I hear you. Because I know there are going to be some people who deeply relate to this message tonight. And that I'm praying for you and that I love you. And you can reach out anytime. I don't care where you live. I don't care who you are. I want you to reach out through the Q&As that I leave on these um, episodes. I want you to um, to reach out on YouTube. I, these are things like this is what I'm here for. And then I really want you to find a counselor, somebody who's licensed to practice counseling. Um, I tend to like to go to people who have a um, PhD. So a, a psychologist, not just LPC. Um, LPC is fine, but I like to go to psychologists. They've they've had a bit more um, extensive studying into into the the mind and um, and in helping patients. Um, and so I would I really want you guys to go get help if you're you know self harming or thinking of hurting yourself or whatever. Talk to somebody. You need someone to reach out to. For those of you, maybe it's not as severe, but you feel like you can't come forward and say you're suffering because it would just make you look like a, a jerk because or inconsiderate because you're not hurting as badly. Those I got air quotes around badly as badly as someone else. But suffering is suffering. OK, it's not fair to compare. It is not fair to compare. And so your suffering is real as well. And it's legitimized here in the safe place. And so maybe you're thinking, you know, well, I don't feel suicidal and I haven't felt all of this mental health stuff, but I, I do feel lost and I do feel confused and I'm not really sure what I need to do with my life. I want you to find somebody to talk to as well that you can trust. And it's very hard in this world to find. I get it. But I want you to know I love you and I'm praying for you too. And, um, but I want you to be honest with yourself. Maybe you run from things that, <laughs> that bring out 
the truth of what you're really facing because it's too painful to go there. Or maybe some of you have never experienced anything if you're just thinking about it that's extremely painful. And I don't want you to feel guilty or ashamed for that because a lot of times, we, you know, before I had experienced my pain, I thought that I was a terrible person for not experiencing something so terrible and that I could never help anybody in my life. That was not the case. Um, but I thought that I was terrible for not having something so like traumatic in my life. And that's a false sense of guilt that we do to ourselves. And so I want you to know that I love you. I'm praying for you and just be there. Listen to people and listen with compassion because there will be a time in our lives. Let's just be honest. It's not a matter of if, but when we face suffering and the suffering will look different in many aspects and regards and scenarios. And so it's very important to always reach out to others. So those friends that look okay on the outside, guys, reach out to them. Don't just reach out to the people who are obviously sad and, and heavy laden and burdened. Reach out to the people who look like they're okay because I guarantee you they're most likely not. I am one of those people I can speak for, I think the majority of very extroverted people is that we are typically not okay when we're making all the jokes, when we feel like the constant person that people can lean on and find validation in. And we truly are being ourselves, but at some point we're trying to cope with the things that we're going through, right? And that's one reason we're so extroverted. We reach out to others a lot more than typical people do, I've found. Uh, we reach out to the people maybe nobody ever would. And so I want you to think about people like that, too. That they're typically deeply hurting. And that doesn't mean everybody who looks happy on the outside and, you know, expresses um, humor or whatever or this, you know, they're charismatic doesn't mean that they're going through a terribly difficult time. So don't just assume everybody who's smiling is going through this god-awful time and they're experiencing hell to the depths, you know. But I don't. I want us to think a little more critically and I want us to think a little more, uh, a little deeper and I want us to really reach out to people who don't look like the typical people we would expect to, to kill themselves because there are many people who look okay and they function okay in society, just great. They're high-functioning people, but they're dealing with some demons in their lives, and I don't mean literal demons, but I mean demons as far as really traumatic things in their lives that they're trying to process, and, and they go home and blow their brains out, and they look okay on the outside, but they're not. They're dying and desperate for someone to take notice. And I just, no matter where you are today, at the end of this, I want you to take notice. Maybe you're not at the place where you can take notice, and I want you to go get help. It's your turn to be helped. But for those of you who are in a place that can take notice, take notice now. Do not wait another second, because that person's going to be gone tomorrow if you don't. And you may think that could never happen to the happy person or that could never happen to this person that's only threatened suicide so many times but has never tried anything. I want you to take everything so seriously and realize that people need Jesus, people need love, but really the only way they can see that love is by the way that they see us respond to them in their deepest needs of hurt and pain and discomfort when we meet people at their basic human needs somebody's thirsty, give them water. Somebody's hungry, give them food. Somebody needs clothes, give them clothes. Without 
questioning a motive behind it, do those things for them, knowing that, that Jesus did the same for you and I. And that you're doing that toward Jesus when you do that toward those people. Don't do it wanting a pat on the back. Don't, back. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Don't let people see. Do it because you love God and you love people. But reach out. Pay attention. Pay close, close attention. Because one day that could be you. And maybe you're out of that season where it was you. And now you have a fire and a zeal inside of you that really looks into the eyes and the souls of people around you. That really is compassionate and driven with the spirit of no fear anymore. And you are driven with the spirit and compelled by the spirit of Christ to go and to reach out and to reach in. Meet people at their basic human needs and love them well. Love them. We can only love in a supernatural way from someone supernatural, and that's Jesus. But I want you to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Don't just talk about it and go to church on Sundays. <laughs> that's stupid. We are so stupid and selfish to do that. Reach out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. You may never see that person again, but get them the help that they need. Also, in saying that, I want you to make sure that you're drawing healthy boundaries and protecting yourself as well so that you're also having someone to talk to because that can be a huge burden to feel when you feel like you have to save the whole world. And that was never our job. It's never been our job to save the whole world. This is why all of us together are so important, specifically when we're talking about the body of Christ. We are different parts of the body, one, you know, one part and all of us are different parts each different parts to one body, right? And one without the other cannot function. I think about mental health a lot. If, if our gut health is off, our, our mental health could be off. If we have an autoimmune disease, our mental health can be off. If we, you know, if somebody's not getting the insulin that they need, they're, you know, they, they're going to get really sick. They could die. Figure out they're diabetic and need, you know, they need that insulin because their, their pancreas isn't creating it like it needs to. And so, you know, there's, there's so many beautiful, beautiful parts about the body of Christ. And we need to start really living that because we're living in a day and age, guys, where people are really not, we don't want the talk anymore. And I could say that on behalf of the whole world who's hurting. We do not want talk. We want action. We want action. So reach out. And when you need help, reach out as well to someone else who can help you. Because if you keep pouring out that, 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 that cup of water like Jesus is pouring into you, now you're pouring out into everybody else and you're running dry. Like Jesus is still pouring into you, but you're not taking the time to rest. I've done that. I'm guilty of that. Be careful not to have a savior complex. <laughs> I get it. I get it completely. But be careful because you'll end up hurt. And people will, um, people will not really truly be helped, okay? It'll be of no earthly good. So I love you guys. I'm praying for you. And uh, I'm going to put a Q&A probably to this um, down below for Spotify. But I love you and I care for you. 
And yes, like this wise person told me, it is going to get better. Life does get better. So guys, hang in there with me. Hang on till this next episode even. I'll post again this next week. If you need help, reach out. Um, And I look forward, so forward to coming to you guys and being able to share just a little piece of, and, and being able to be just a little piece of your life and being able to share a little bit of wisdom that I've been given over the years from others and that I've learned as well. And we can all help each other.